by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hello everybody and welcome to N17 Women. Uh, we are the only podcast out there who talk exclusively about Spurs women and everything around that. I'm joined as usual by Caroline and Rachel and Abby's hoping to join us if she can at some point. We're here to talk about the North London Derby. The first North London derby at Brisbane Road, no less. We were all trying to be um, optimistic at the end of last pod, I think. It didn't really work out like that, at least not right towards the end and kind of felt like a bit of a step backwards, maybe. But anyway, the lineup: we had Tinney in goal. We had uh, Ash, Amy, Molly and Keris in defence. Evelina and Haz as our kind of defending midfielders. And then Celine, Drew and Roz attacking midfielders with Beth up front by herself. Um, although, as ever, with our front number, there's a little bit of movement that goes on. Uh, Mana wasn't able to play, obviously, as she couldn't play for her parent club. That did mean we saw her in the season to get hold of box briefly and were able to say hello. Uh, but that was about the best we got from the game, really. So what did we think about the lineup when we saw it? I think I was a bit disappointed, I, which is funny because initially this season I was in favour of playing a back four, but... We have played a back three much more successfully since Christmas against the bigger teams. I thought we did a decent job against Manchester United, especially in the second Chelsea game. And so even without Shalina as one of the centre-backs, I would have expected there to have been a back three, perhaps of Keris with Molly in the middle and Amy on the the right-hand side of the centre-back three. And then you could have had Ash released up the pitch a lot more. You and obviously in the past, we've either used Azzy or Celine as a wing back and either of them would have been great. So I just kind of felt like, and I think this got reinforced along as the game went on, that it was quite surprising that we were starting with a back four. Even if Arsenal hadn't been finding a net in every game, it was still going to be a lot. I don't think there were so many surprises at the front, I guess slightly I mean, Nikki not starting, but she there wasn't a really obvious reason for her to start in this game, perhaps. Yeah, there wasn't anything else very surprising. I mean, I just, I mean, well, I guess we can get to it later, but the rule about Mana not starting against her parent club, I was kind of ranting about it online because, you know, we talked about it in this pod before. There are so many within league um, loans in the WSL in comparison to like the Premier League that it has this really big impact and it just means that the top teams consistently get to play slightly weakened lower teams and the players who are the best for their teams when we play them, our best players in other games don't get to play. We could argue that Manor was one of the best players when we played Chelsea. She wasn't in this game. Some of the best players for Man United when they, sorry, for Aston Villa when they played us. Um, Hansen wasn't in the team when they play Man United. Jess Park isn't in the team when Everton play Man City, etc., etc. Sorry, mini rant, right? Just to start off, I'm in a tired and grumpy mood. Apologies. Well, I can't disagree with you, honestly. Um, it is, you know, we knew it was going to be a bit of a struggle without Mana in the side because our possession has not been great all season, but I think we've at least had a little bit more control of games um, since she's came in and been playing pretty consistently since she joined us on loan. So she was a big miss. And I also agree that I would have preferred to see a back three. I think we played much better in that formation in past games, especially against the top clubs in the league. 
So this lineup didn't fill me with a ton of hope. And I, I, I think also the substitutions were not the wisest, but we'll come on to that later. Yeah, I mean, disappointing again to see a, a fairly similar lineup. We, we've spoken before about wanting to see a bit more Asmita and, and things like that. So it's fairly same things going on, really. Uh, and after only five minutes, I think we all kind of got that here we go feeling as uh, Blackstinius, who obviously was subject to lots of questions about whether she was going to be good enough after the, inj- the uh, injuries that Arsenal um, suffered. But she beat Molly to uh, the ball to score their first goal. Tinney got close to it, but not close enough. And it was uh, one goal against us. After 11 minutes, Drew fired wide. It was good work from Celine down the right, I thought. Um, and she played Beth into the she played into Beth, who was in the box, but too many players around here. So Beth passed it back to Drew, but that shot was fairly tame in the end. Uh, after 29 minutes, Caitlin Ford scored Arsenal second. Um, Ash was backing off her, as were the rest of the defence. Um, Ford moved around Ash and found space and fired the ball into the back of the net. And then after 37 minutes, um, some hope sprang as we were awarded a penalty. Um, McCabe handballed in the box. Not sure there's any question that can be raised about that. I think it was fairly obvious. Uh, it looked like Ros was going to take the penalty for a while, but then she handed the ball to Beth uh, and she dispatched it low in- into the bottom left corner, um, giving us a um, a goal back. Her sixth goal in eight games for us. So pretty good. How were we feeling at half time? I thought there was a chance that we could get back into the game after the penalty, um, super confident penalty from Beth, by the way. That was great to see. But I guess when we were talking before recording, I I described our first half as kind of neutral. You know, we we didn't do things too poorly, but we also weren't creating enough chances for me to feel like it had been a positive first half overall. So I was hoping that at halftime we were going to regroup. Maybe Vicky would you know, make a a change to the shape of the team and try something new. Um, And that's not really what we saw in the second half. Yeah, I think it felt like we were saved by something of a lucky penalty. It wasn't entirely lucky because the ball was bouncing around, which was why there were chances, which is why there was a handball. But we hadn't come very close to scoring up until that moment. And I was, I took my mum to the game. And so I was seeing the game a little bit through her eyes. She hasn't been to a game this season. And she kept on just at half time, she was just saying, they just seem fitter and faster. And they did. Arsenal seemed fitter and faster. And they seemed just absolutely dominant. The ball was rarely out of their, out of our half. You know, we were on the back foot so much of this half that even though, it felt like we were still in it. And I definitely thought there was a possibility that we could get a lucky equaliser or something. That possibility would have required that we did something to change and that we did something to shore up the defence so that they weren't going to get a goal and, you know, went on the break or tried something. And so I felt like there was hope, but it wasn't like we were playing well in the first half and we weren't even playing well enough that I think 2-1 was a fair reflection I think the first half was more of a 3-0. But the fact that it wasn't is, you know, when you talk about playing (laughs) Arsenal, is not a bad thing. I think, uh, you know, a 2-0 down, you're a bit... I mean, after five minutes, there was that notion of, here we go again, but it didn't happen. And it did take them a while to score their second. 
So I, I thought wasn't completely abysmal. And I mean, I mean, the second goal, I think, you know, with everybody moving off the players, off the Arsenal attack was worrying and not kind of what we want to see. But at 2-1, anything's possible, isn't it, really? And, you know, the results that we've been getting, the sec- you know, sometimes last season, obviously, we got a draw against Arsenal. This season, in one of the games against Chelsea, we managed to keep that deficit down. And as you remember, my um, my thing is always we need to keep the deficit down to two goals or less is the next step. And so we were on course for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I was saying before the podcast started that like I, there was part of me, even at that moment, that was kind of fantasizing that I was going to get my prediction, which was, you know, that we would come back to a two all draw. So this hopeful part of me was there saying this something's possible. But I guess it's also we it's worth highlighting that in terms of what was happening on the pitch, there wasn't a lot to be optimistic about in that first half. So it's kind of balancing that. And, you know, I'm, I guess we should have a massive shout out to Beth England. You already said about this, Sean, but if she hadn't come to our club, we would be so screwed. We would not, we would have zero hope at the moment. I mean, she has single-handedly scored almost every goal we've scored since Christmas. And even though there are other goals who have stepped, other players who've stepped up, it does feel very much like at the front, it is the Beth England show still. It does worry me a little bit though, the way that Arsenal played, because Beth basically now has three players around her at all times whenever she gets anywhere near the goal. And even against Leicester, you could see that, you know, the goals she scored was from outside the box. So we are going to have to think of plan B because but, yeah. people, are, uh, people are, are alert to that. And that's exactly that's... the problem that we didn't appear to have a plan B for the second half. You know, it was just we kept the status quo and that wasn't enough. And that's why, I mean, we're going to get to it, but like this is my why wasn't Nikki brought on to to change that a bit, but you know, you needed to do something. Anyway, that's going, we're going to get to there in a minute, but let's start the second half. So after 58 minutes, uh, Tinny was forced into a save, pretty tame shot from Little that Tinny made look uh, more dramatic than I think it was. And then after 65 minutes, Arsenal were awarded a penalty, uh, which Little dispatched uh, to bring the score to uh, 1-3. It was Amy who brought down McCabe in the box. It was a little bit of a it was a bit of a getting her toes in the way to bring her down and then a little bit of a push added onto it as well. Obviously, after the game, Vicky said she didn't want to talk about it. She clearly wasn't very happy with that decision. I'm not sure I see why she's not happy about that decision, to be honest with you. Either of you see anything fishy with that one? No, that push was just utterly unnecessary. I could see you might be unhappy if it was a trip. That did seem more like a coming together. But to top it off with a push, you're just going to get a penalty. A little bit... Um... A little bit too much Amy, I think, at the moment in those, a little bit more what she was showing against Liverpool, which is good if you're getting away with it. But if you're not getting away with it, then it's getting your team into trouble and a little bit more of a concern. And, you know, we can, when Ash does things that are a little bit questionable, you've got the history of everything that she's ever done for Spurs and continues to do for Spurs and the commitment that she shows when Amy does it. Yeah. I don't have quite the same level of uh, forgiveness because she doesn't she hasn't built up that history with the club. But anyway, so it was one three. Kit came on for Evelina. Arsenal scored again on the 70th minute. Pelova played the ball across the box. Ash was diving to try and clear it but couldn't get to it. And ball fell to Ford, who squeezed it in at the near post. 76 minutes um true as she was, I think a lot of the game was very slow on the ball. She was looking for a pass. Ball was stolen from her from behind um, and eventually found Manham, 
who took a long shot outside the D and chipped the ball into the net. Uh, then we saw a couple more substitutions. Chi um, came on and Celine went off. Cho came on and Drew went off. But nothing that we did changed the score and it remained uh, 1-5 at full time. So we've already alluded to it. Let's let's talk about those substitutions. I know, Rachel, you've got some very strong opinions about um, about Kit coming on at that point. Yeah, I mean, I like it, but we weren't getting the ball through the midfield and Kit, someone who you kind of needs to receive it through the midfield and have someone to pass to. And she, I haven't even looked up how many touches she had with the ball, but my guess is she had very few touches of the ball. And it feels like things weren't working. I mean, A, I wouldn't have taken Evelina off at the point at which we've gone 3-1 down. That just makes no sense. And then put Drew into play a more defensive role on a day when she's not looking up for it, not looking like she's tackling anyone. So there's two parts to this. One, I wouldn't have taken Evelina off. And secondly, wouldn't have put Drew there. But also then bringing Kit on to make the difference in this specific game when there was just this whole area that we weren't able to get through doesn't make sense. And I know we've had, you know, I know, Sean, you've got concerns about sometimes Nikki's passing and things like that. But this sort of game where you kind of you run out of options, she is someone you can pass a long ball to. You know, we were at it by the end. We were trying to get the ball over the top up to Beth. But, you know. Beth and Beth running onto it that wasn't working but we know that that's something that Nikki can do and if there'd been two players up there trying to do that more often that might have been a little bit more successful even occasionally and spread out the game a bit I don't know I just felt like there were some really strange choices I mean on the other hand weirdly although I thought Celine was doing a decent job and was one of the players pushing forward I thought Chi who is always can be quite defensive I don't love her going forward but she's got a lot of energy and she did seem to contribute to the defence Cho similarly was just a little bit more energetic than Drew. And so I guess there were no goals after the two of those came on. So they weren't they weren't going to change things, I don't think, going forward. But I think they probably slightly helped in defence at that point. Well, and my big takeaway from the second half was that we continue to really miss Shalina in the defence. We just look completely disorganised. And I think a lot of the errors that were happening across the defensive line. You know, it wasn't just Amy. It was, you know, the whole back line really was error prone. And I think a lot of it was down to them being uh, out of position too often, scrambling to make up for that. And yeah, we're missing Shalina. Hope she's going to be back soon, although it doesn't sound like it anytime soon. But as far as substitutions go, you know, we've talked recently about the lack of minutes that Azmita has been getting. and. It's like on one hand, sometimes you don't want to, you know, make a substitution in the defense because it's, it can be really risky. But at this point in the game, I kind of felt like, well, what do we have to lose? Why do we not give her a chance to come in? She's someone who's one of our better passers of the ball. So I feel like that's something that we really could have benefited from. So to see her not get get a chance in this game was disappointing to me. And I agree. I think Nikki would have been a really good option just to try something new in the offense as well. I think you're right. I think, but I think it's Shalina, but also just it's the covering. Like I don't think our, and I, even if Shalina was there, I don't think playing a back four would have necessarily been the best option for this game because we've seen that uh, attackers get between us. None of our players are the fastest. They're, they've got qualities and you're right. Shalina does some of that organizing, which is great. 
but there will be players, you know, beating them one-on-one. And so you need that back three just gives a little bit more cover. And it means as well that Ash can get forward more, that if Azzy was brought, you know, it would be a reason for Azzy to then come on. She can get forward more. I just think it plays to our strengths, especially against these kind of teams. We don't have fantastic, you know, midfielders. So let's not like waste all of our sort of squad on putting on more midfielders who are not doing a great job. It does seem interesting that that we seem to have decided that Ash is a defender again, which isn't necessarily um, uh, a useful thing when she was scoring all our goals early on in the season. And we we know from talking to her that what she wants to do is be up there and attacking. And if that's what she wants to be doing, then, you know, that's where you're going to get the best out of her at the moment, I think. And when you've got a player like Asmita sat on the bench, it does seem a strange choice not to give her any any time. I agree that Evelina was the wrong choice to come off. Um, but again, it seems like the younger players, the... Um, um, are the ones who are making way and we're relying on experienced players who actually aren't actually, you know, living up to the expectation that we have for them. I thought that Drew had a, a poor game this time. After a fantastic game against Leicester, she just seemed to be slow again um, and, and being beaten a lot. And I don't know whether that's too many games, too many minutes, but they did have a, you know, they had a they had a break since the Leicester game. I don't know whether it's because they were all really geared up for the Leicester game. Well, I know that there was a lot of feeling that they needed to to fight for Vicky and, you know, having have, having let Rianne down in a sense. I think they were feeling that they needed to fight for Vicky and, they did enough that Vicky's still in a job. But have we revised our position on Vicky as manager till the end of the season? I mean, I, I mean, I still, I mean, this game is a difficult game because it was never going to be a win. It was never going to be a result. But the manner of that capitulation after we went 3-1 down kind of felt like there wasn't any fight in the team. And the one thing that we can be expecting from the team, surely at this point, is fights. I don't think we can realistically bring someone else in for the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. That's that's the situation. But I do think it's pretty clear at this point that she's not going to be a long term option for the manager position because it's just too much of the same that we were seeing under Rianne. I feel like there's not really a marked difference in their their management style, her strategies. And there there's just too many players in the squad that it seems like she doesn't trust. So we're over reliant on some of these players like you just mentioned that are you know, not getting it done, essentially. Yeah, I think that we haven't seen anything yet to show us that she is tactically astute. And I think that's my biggest worry because I think, I don't know, I think we can oversell the motivation thing because to some extent you look motivated when you're playing well and because it's fun and everything's making sense. And yes, obviously that Leicester game, partly it was about fighting, especially in the second half, but it's got to be more than that. There's got to be some sort of, it's got to be about bringing some sort of tactical awareness, having the knowledge of everybody, where everybody else is, knowing how to cover, but also setting players up and using substitutions effectively. And again, we continue to have players missing and there's, for all we know, Nikki was partly injured. Maybe Azzy has been injured for weeks and months. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason she's barely getting a look in. So there is that. But I do think that she hasn't she hasn't done a lot to show us how she would manage. Because at the moment, it's the same starting team pretty much that Rianne had in her last game in charge and the two games she's had. 
with a little bit of tinkering and pretty much no changes of shape. So at the moment, we just we haven't seen anything beyond that. That is her. And so if that is all there is going to be, A, I'm really worried for the game against Everton and Aston Villa. And I wonder how deflated we're going to be by the time we actually play Brighton, which is the next kind of must win, assuming, and you know, I'm feeling negative enough at the moment. I'm kind of worrying about getting points against any of the others. So it's it's a bit of a, it, it's, it feels like it's going to be a bit of a slog to the end of the season. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the one positive, I guess, is that Leicester obviously are still not getting points. As soon as they start to get points, then... We need to be really concerned, um, but in order to protect ourselves, that Reading game and the Brighton game are huge for us and any other points that we can pick up along the way are going to be important too. Uh, we do have um, a listener question from Johannes. It's in two parts, so we'll start with the first part. He said, like the club in general, where is the women's team heading? Is the club satisfied with barely avoiding relegation, never a full bench, loaning players from top clubs? Do we have a clear strategy and ambitious goals? I mean, I think we do have ambitious goals. They've been saying at the beginning of the season that Champions League was where they were aiming towards, not this season achieving it, but being in that best of the rest kind of race again. So I don't think the goals and the ambition is the problem. Um, I think there are multiple problems this season, including injuries and just a general what the hell happened thing, which I think we've all felt this season. And after one season, I'm not sure it's fair to say that it's a crisis. If it happens again next season, then absolutely. But we've got to wait and see what does happen for me. And I don't think the club will be satisfied with barely avoiding relegation. I think they, they feel it um, in, in that way that we do. It's harder to say that they're not satisfied with the, with the bench because this is the second season where we feel we've had a similar kind of situation with players on the bench, you know, not having a full bench very often. But there again, who would have known four ACL injuries would hit the same club? over the course of two seasons. So we have been unlucky. And in terms of loaning players from top clubs, that's what the best, what the rest of the teams in the WSL do. It's how it works. You look at Everton, you look at Aston Villa, you know, they are also loaning players from those top clubs. So I don't see that there's a, an issue with that. Yes, it might not happen in the men's game, but the men's game isn't the women's game. What do, what do you guys think about those first kind of points from Johannes? Yeah, I... I agree with you that I think the club wants to be ambitious and have clearly defined goals. I think it's just been in the execution of it this season. And hopefully this will be a huge wake up call that we came this close to relegation. And I mean, technically we're still not safe, but for me, I think the biggest mistake that was made this season was in our transfer recruitment in the summer. Um, You know, at the time we were thinking, these are some decent players. Let's see what we can do with them. But in hindsight, it looks like it was more of a, a strategy of, you know, who's available, who can we get, you know, kind of best player available strategy, as they say in leagues where there's a draft. Um, and they didn't necessarily fill the holes that we that we had from the player departures from the previous season. So in that sense, we didn't really set ourselves up for success. And the January window, we were able to kind of rectify some of that with those, you know, loans. And, and a permanent transfer from top teams, but it was just too little too late. And now we're in this position where we're scrambling just to to get safety. But at least I think the fact that we were able to bring Beth in on a permanent transfer, we have a good place to start from with our next summer recruitment, you know, a good building block to build a team around her because she is such an incredible player. And then just we need to focus on really rebuilding that spine of the team. 
I believe. I don't know whether to be like massively pessimistic here or just kind of nuance it. But I mean, we haven't escaped relegation yet. We could go down. And if we do, I don't know if Beth England has an escape clause in her contract. We don't actually know what's happening. And so, you know, I think this, the answer to how the club will react is partly dependent as well on what happens. And that isn't done and dusted yet at all. I think if we do stay up, that's great. And the club is going to need to properly think about what, not just its ambitions. I mean, I could have an ambition to be a global film star. It's not going to happen. Ambitions are all well and good. You've just got to think about how you're going to invest and organize and strategize and develop the squad in a systematic way to get there. And as you said, Caroline, I think that, you know, in a way, I think the transfers in the summer were okay. But what they did is they kept the team approximately where we maybe were last year with different strengths and different weaknesses at the same time as a lot of other teams in the WSL got better. And at the same time, as I think we've discovered this year, Rianne didn't actually have a strategy for when you are trying to attack more. And so what we found was, you know, what was great last year is, Rachel Williams was dropping back and doing loads of work in midfield. It meant there was nobody in the box, so we couldn't score goals. But we weren't leaking many goals either because essentially all of our players were compressed into the back two thirds of the pitch. And that made us a much more formidable team. So it wasn't just that Maver was here and other Rhea and other players, but we were actually like, you know, the advantage of not having any players in the box is they're all doing work defending. And this week, this year, we have got more players in the box, even before Beth England came, there was more kind of attempt to move players forward. And what's been, I, you know, what was revealed is we didn't have enough players who were left behind who could defend effectively without all of those supposed attacking players doing some jobs. So, you know, I think it's that thing of it's harder now. The, the league is hard. The league is like really strong. And we are going to have to have a really tactically astute manager who works with ideally somebody who knows about scouting in the club who can go out and work on that. And like, I don't know, it must surely be worth the club's resources to chuck some money at some scouts to get people to do this better because it feels like there should be a way relative to other women's football clubs around the world. Spurs are quite rich. So there's got to be some ways of, you know, maneuvering those resources to improve, but I don't think they found the way. And I'm not certain there's anyone in the club at the moment who knows how to find the way. I mean, I do think there is a difficulty with the growth of the women's game in that the pool of players who are at the top level is not what you would expect it to be. The game has accelerated really quickly. And I think we are, we are in a position where it is really hard to find those top players. The top, we are starting to see now gradually the top, the, the you know, players who aren't making the, who are only making the bench for the top clubs kind of suddenly start to say, actually not really happy with that, particularly if they're coming towards the end of their careers. And that's great to see. But we are still seeing stockpiling of talent at Chelsea, at Manchester City, at Arsenal um, and at Manchester United, they are they are going to draw in the best players and they're quite happy to have those best players sitting on their bench or loaning them out to other people and going back to the start of the pod and, and Rachel's argument there. Um, it does feel like there needs to be a change in the, in the rules somewhere to reflect how the women's game is different from the men's game because otherwise we are just going to find that those top clubs continue to stockpile the best players um, and... Uh, 
other clubs are disadvantaged. Um, you look at what's really made the difference with Aston Villa this season is, you know, a couple of really good players who've come in and who have been, you know, sitting on the bench for a little while, finally going, you know what, had enough, thank you very much, time to get some minutes. Uh, and I think whilst Man has been great for us, she hasn't looked match fit uh, because she has been sat on the bench for a long time at Arsenal. So you've still got those issues. Um, the second part of Johannes's question, if we could, I think we've kind of talked about this a bit as well already, really, but are you tired of the team set up and the play tactics? Is it stubbornness or incompetence to repeatedly choose a setup that exposes some players' weaknesses? And by that, he's talking about lack of pace, ability to progress the ball um, and playing out from the back. What do you make of that question? I think he's spot on there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that we're not getting our our a lot of our players into their best positions. You know, Ash is a great example of that. We all know that she can play almost anywhere on the pitch, but I think in 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 the past couple of seasons we've seen that she's most effective in the attack and we really need her up there. So that's just one example of a specific player, but I think it's kind of true across the board as well. And we just don't seem to have a very clear identity this season. You know, at, at least last year, we were a team that was really defensively strong, hard to break down, and we might not have scored a lot, but, you know, we we at least were not, I, we haven't had a single draw this season. That's kind of indicative to me of the fact that we don't have just that like winning mindset or not even winning mindset, but the the mindset to keep competing to the final whistle and get a result, even if it's not pretty. You know, we're we're capitulating completely way too often. Yeah, I mean, I agree totally with you. I think that Johannes is right that there isn't enough being done to think about where we have strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, this conversation we've been having today about starting with back four versus a back three, I think that's one of those specific things. We've got some people who are kind of quite attacking players who can play on wing as wing backs. And we've got a bunch of centre backs who are good in different ways, but are exposed for pace sometimes. And if you had better ability to cover for them, it would allow them to do, you know, them to do more. Also, for example, Molly is quite good at taking the ball out, but when she's playing in a back four, it's very risky for her to do that. And I think one of the goals, or at least a chance came when she had done that and she'd taken the ball up to sort of halfway line and then hadn't been able to get back fast enough. But again, if you have a back three, you've got then her able to move the ball, progress the ball out of the back line a little bit better. And that creates more opportunities. And so I get, I just feel like that isn't, that is exposing players and it's making fans then very critical of the players. But I feel like a lot of that is on the setup and not having sufficient cover. And, you know, like I said before, if we can't pass through the midfield, let's try some Route 1 football. I mean, I am up for anything at this point. It's not like the season's going to get massively worse if we go, um, you know, our goal difference is, I don't know if we're going to, I mean, I guess we could still go down on goal difference. But if it comes to that, I would rather we just tried something different so that it was really clear that there were attempts being made to fix things or to find alternative routes. Yeah, frustrating, frustrating time. And I think, we do have to look at, I mean, the other thing that I think hasn't helped from a fan perspective is the communication from the club about injuries and things because we've had to guess a lot of the time. And so we're making comments on situations without having full knowledge of what's going on, um, without knowing why Nikki's not, is it because Nikki's got a knock because 
I mean, um, and did um, did Celine come off because she had heavy strapping on one of her knees um, during the game, and therefore she can only play a certain amount of time? You know, we, we're not getting told that information, so we have to make guesses, and sometimes that ends up with us kind of actually coming down on a more negative side than we might if we fully understood the situation. But it's not been a season to remember by anybody's stretch of the imagination. And we just have to get through these last few games and hope that we retain our Super League status. So one thing to celebrate about the next game, we're, we're travelling to Everton on Sunday. Those of us who are going have to get up at silly o'clock because it's a one o'clock kickoff. What's that all about? Anyway, um, but the good news is that if Keris plays in that game, she will become the uh, most played player in the WSL, at least until West Ham play later on in the day. So from that perspective, I guess we're all hoping that Keris gets to play, uh, maybe not start, but that she gets to play and that she can break that record. I think that'd be fantastic for her. And, and you know, if she hadn't had that big injury that she did have for us uh, last season, you know, she would have been steaming ahead already. So absolutely deserves that recognition. Everton, of course, drew with Liverpool in their big derby, which wasn't expected. They were expected to um, probably do much what Arsenal did to us, um, but they didn't succeed and they drew that one. So we know that Jess is back in contention for the squad. Shalina remains out following an illness. How are we all feeling ahead of the Everton game? It's the last game before a two-week break because of international football, etc. So how are we all feeling about it? Well, I think Everton can be gotten at. You know, I watched their game against Liverpool and they were actually really lucky to escape with the draw because Liverpool had a pretty obvious goal overruled. But I think the issue that Everton are having right now is they, they have pretty decent build-up play, but it's that final decision-making and the attacking third that they're lacking at the moment. So hopefully they will not be testing our defense quite as much as some of the teams we played recently. But we've got to score goals too. So I just, I would like to see us, you know, set up like we've been talking about the whole episode to our strengths. And this, I think the result, we need to get at least a draw in my view to be feeling good going into that international break, um, which I feel like we just had an international break. <laughs> I can't believe there's already one coming up again, but yeah, it would be nice to enter that, that pause with a little bit of positivity. Cause I think at the moment we're not feeling very positive at all. Yeah, I think you're right to point to the fact that they haven't been scoring very much as the real positive that we can take into that. In their last um, four games in the WSL, they scored one goal. And okay, some of those games were against Manchester United and Aston Villa, but still, they don't score even as much as Spurs do. And we haven't been scoring a whole lot. So on that side, that's great. On the other hand, they also have conceded half as many goals as we have this season. So that's where the real issue is and that they have got a decent defence. And of course, one of the games in which they did score lots of goals was against us. And we made that possible by making tons and tons of mistakes. So I'm very much hoping that it's not like one of those, the Spurs players are going to see them and just have these like miserable um, visions of that cold December evening and all start performing as they did then. And instead that they kind of take some more energy there. I mean, it's, Second game in, you know, the city of Liverpool in a couple of few weeks and the last one wasn't great. Hopefully this one will be better. I, I guess I'm not as, yeah, thinking about their inability to score much is making me a little bit more optimistic. I mean, it's got to turn around somewhere, right? We've got to 
start getting something somewhere um because we are better than the better than what we're doing at the moment you look at the squad that we've got and you have to say even with the injuries that we've got we shouldn't be in this position um so you know i mean i think i think maver leaving was a big a big loss to us and that position actually historically has been a really hard position for us to fill we had uh, emma beckett for a while in there but then when we went pro she didn't want to go pro so we lost her and then we got Maver and she did it really well. And then we lost Maver. She wants to be an architect. So we... have you seen she's been scoring goals as well? She's scored six goals this season in Switzerland. I mean, I'm very happy for her. I'm only ever happy for her, but I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We thought we'd cracked it. We thought we'd finally crack that position and uh, she went and left us. So that is a key position, I think, for, you know, in terms of the defence, Evelyn is obviously a great player, but not quite the same player that Maver is. Uh, so that in the summer will be something we're looking for. Obviously, Jess is coming back into the squad. So hopefully we'll be on the bench and able to participate a little bit. I know, you know, coming back into it, she's not likely to to do much. But is that good news for us as we as we look at? And also then you've got the break where obviously she hasn't been called up to the England um, unders. So she's got a bit more time to get fitness as well. Can we take some confidence from that? Yeah, it'll be good just to have another option off the bench, someone to bring in some fresh legs late in the game, because, you know, obviously we've been having trouble closing out games with the same level of energy. Although sometimes we don't have a good level of energy in most of the game. So it's relative. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's actually, it's really easy to bring on someone with the same level of energy. (laughs) What we want is someone with greater energy. But I mean, I think it's that strange thing, isn't it? It's the position where we actually have quite a lot of players they may not all be our top options but sort of attacking winger is where we do seem to have players and it's yes great to have Jess back so this is not me saying it's not great to have (laughs) Jess back it's just thinking through what kinds of difference that makes and I think in terms of the cohesion and structure of the team unfortunately I don't think it makes a lot of difference but it is great to have her back it's another option and you know hopefully she has a really good day game and she can do you can score a nice goal. Um, in fact, I think she scored a rather nice one against Everton last season. So hopefully we can have some more of that action, please. So then we get two weeks to to reset, um, at least those players who aren't on international duties. Uh, and then we come in for a really important run at the end of the season. We've got a couple of home games, but not easy home games necessarily. I mean, Aston Villa are in there. How are we all feeling about as, as we head towards the end of the season? I know we said we just want it over with, but where do you see us picking up some points? Do you see us picking up any more points? Uh, and who, who, which players are going to be influential in, in us either staying up or going down? Well, obviously, Beth England is the first name that's going to come to your mind at the moment in terms of us staying up because she is scoring. On the other hand, at the moment, our problem is defending. So in terms of us staying up, I guess it is the back line regaining some coherence and whether that's Shalina coming back or whether it is the manager working out how to set them up to provide sufficient cover and that includes the defensive midfield and what to do so I feel like those are you know that is those two ends isn't it and like I say I there's a lot of wingers who I feel are decent and can do a good job but I don't think they're going to be necessarily the difference makers yeah, I think also if we can work out some tactical changes that get Ash back into the attack, that could potentially be really important if she gets back to scoring goals as she was at the beginning of the season. So fingers crossed that that can happen. And 
you know, I'm looking at our remaining fixture schedule. And the sad thing is that the only game I really feel super confident about is Brighton, just because we know that's an opponent that has struggled against us, you know, for the last couple of seasons. But I feel like we're going to have to pick up points there. Like I said, in this Everton game, at least a draw. And I guess the Reading game as well. But Aston Villa fills me with a lot of trepidation. Um, United, I mean, there's some bad blood there at this point. So that one could get ugly. And to end the season against West Ham away kind of feels like a nightmare scenario to me, um, especially since Karras and Kate Longhurst are kind of up against each other for that appearances record. So that that could be just a really intense final match. Yeah, I don't want anything to be on the line in that match. That feels too much. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, maybe Karis and Kate's um, appearance record. I, if anything has to be on the line, I'm okay with that one. Because if they both start, that's it. At the end of the season, they then both go to the end of the season with a joint record. But anything else, No. <laughs> I mean, after the after the Reading Brighton game, I was a little well after the first half of the Reading Brighton game, I was thinking all oh, Brighton are doing all right here, but then they um, capitulated and Reading came back. Reading, who haven't been scoring many goals, as we know from our FA Cup game against them, came back to um, to level the scores with them. So all four teams down there really are looking interesting. And if you actually look at the league, it's interesting this season how it's spread differently from you've got your top four this this year who very much are a top four for the first time. Then you've got you've got Aston Villa and Everton kind of sat there, the two of them, and then you've got the rest really fighting it out. So it has it does feel like a bit of a different league this season. But we've still got I mean obviously we've got this game against Everton, but also you've got Leicester and Reading playing weekend as well which will be another huge game uh, to see who can get the points there and I think it's, it continues to be a really interesting battle if you're not kind of involved in it yourself so we've, we've just got to hope we get some of those points and that Leicester continue not to get those points I think is the, the biggest hope but there doesn't seem to be any consistency really um, apart from Leicester not winning anything at the moment there doesn't seem to be any consistency with any of those teams continually pushing or um, or losing everybody's kind of evening it out so it's going to be a long slog I think until the end of the season but we're going to be here with you within 17 women obviously we'll be back after this game against uh, Everton hopefully in a jubilant mood but we'll see how it goes uh, thank you for joining us once again you know where to find us on Twitter we hope that you'll stay with us till the end of the season and we'll be all be celebrating Keris's record and our survival in the WSL at that point. But for now, it's goodbye from us. We'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>